I want to read out of the 94th Psalm. I'm going to read a couple of verses, then I'm going to wait. I'll read some more here in a, just a little while. The psalmist is writing about the Lord and Israel during some difficult times. He starts out, he says, O Lord God. So we want to know who we're talking to. To whom vengeance belongeth. O God. That's to whom vengeance belongeth. Show yourself. Now this is pretty, when he repeats it, it's pretty important. Show thyself. Lift up thyself, verse 2. Thou judge of the earth. Render a reward to the proud or pay them for their actions. Take care of them. Verse 3. Good. How long shall the wicked? And he repeats it. How long shall the wicked triumph? I'm going to stop there. We'll read some more in a little while. I want to talk to us this evening something that God has been dealing with me for several weeks. I didn't. This was not one of those that I ever thought I'd ever use in a Bible lesson. This was one just for me. And it was good, and I thought, got to thinking about it. Well, if it's good for me, it's good for you. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I want to talk to us tonight about God has ears and he has eyes. You didn't know you were going to learn such wisdom on a Wednesday night, did you? You know, we can, we can set God in a place or a position to where, well, he's God. And, you know, it's different. Well, let me tell you something. We were made in the likeness of God. That means who we are, what we are. God said, I'm going to make you like me. The psalmist writes something in this 94th psalm that I think it would be good for all of us, for me, because I know I have, to hold on to, to take it personally, and then to pay attention to it, to really make it count. Something spoke out to me as I was reading this just in my morning devotion weeks ago. And I, I didn't realize at the time I was reading it that this was going to help me at all. I started reading through it and then things just started. I slowed down and I looked back and I slowed down and I thought about it again. I did not know when I started reading this that several weeks later I needed what this was saying. But God did. I didn't understand it. In that first verse, I know, I'm just going to let you understand, 
I know that as the psalmist is writing this, this is referring to, if you read the whole psalm, it's referring to wicked people who speak against the Lord and the people of God. This is God's church. This is God's house. We belong to God. It's not, and, and I've started to read some things, and I'm not, but any wrong, the 51st Psalm lets us know, David said, against thee have I sinned. Uriah was dead, but David said, my sin reaches to you. Wrong doesn't stop between us. It goes to God. But this, even though it's talking about wicked, and you see when I'm done, you can agree or disagree. I've had other people that were wrong before that I've talked to. But anyway, uh, you find out that, yes, it can talk, it is talking about wicked people. But it also can reference difficulties that can attack us. Attack us. I could, there, there's so many ways that I could branch in this that I'm not. But there are times that we come under attack. It's not just life, it's attack. I find myself doing everything I know how and what to do. I wake up in the morning... I don't throw, which I don't use an alarm. I wake up long before alarm, but I don't throw the clock across the room because it's time to get up. I don't get up disgusted. Ah! It's another day. Ah! Hate it. I, I get up. Now, she sleeps a little bit longer. If half the day's a little bit, it's a little bit longer than I do. <laughs> but I don't get up and say, oh, I'm so tired, I'm so... I, I get up, and before I ever get out of bed, I say, Lord... Now, I'm just telling you me. Can I do what I, know, what I know to do? God, thank you for this day. Now, I say it quietly because she's still asleep. God, thank you for this day. God, you're good to me. God, I ask God every morning, guide me today guide my steps. So I'm doing, and I'm trying. I'm not saying perfect. I'm just saying I'm doing everything I know to do. And in the midst of that, there are times when we're from nowhere, didn't see it coming, an attack comes on me. Something comes, something happens. And this is where the psalmist is saying in this, in this first verse of this 94th Psalm, he cries out, and what he is saying, oh God, show yourself. Show yourself. Another place it says, appear. So what he's saying is, I am going through some things and I need you. God, have you ever been there? God, where are you? 
I mean, I know I'm standing in front of a bunch of very spiritual people, but I'm going to tell you what, I've been there. God, appear. I know that when God shows up, everything going to be all right. I know when God moves, whatever it is that's going on, I, I, I know that the enemy's going to be running and I'm going to be laughing because he's running. But until I see him, I'm in a state of, I can't figure this mess out. What's happening here? Sometimes I find myself searching for God. Sometimes I find myself wondering, God, and I've even asked God, Lord, when? But please, please, in the midst of whatever you're going through, and I'm talking about, I know some things, I know situations in people's lives and sicknesses and all, whatever you're, gonna, whatever you're going through, please do not let go of the truth. He will be here. You mark it down. Just as sure as you have the faith to say, oh Lord, God will show up. Now when, I don't know. How, I don't know. But I know He will come. Now, there's a, some of what I'm going to say, I, I'm hesitant to say this, but I'm going to. I'm taking it somewhat out of context, but not completely. But what I, why I'm doing this is this is what covered my life. I was sitting in, isn't it nice to have your chair? I got a recliner that we moved into another room. And anytime Indy comes over, if I go anywhere, when I come back, he's sitting in the recline, my recliner. And this is what I get. I come by, I stand there, I go, he goes, that's it. <laughs> so then I go and find an old hard chair somewhere. But I was sitting in my recliner. It was dark outside. I was reading, I was praying, and I read this. And then I kept reading it. I kept going back. I read it. I read it. And then there was something, something got a hold of me. I found myself, David, I was holding on to these verses. Somehow. And I have gone back. I, I put them in my notes where I, where I have it. And I kept going back and kept looking at it. And what I found out over the last three, four weeks, it has given me a strength that I was needing that I didn't even know I was needing when I read it. That third verse says, where he said, Lord, how long? How long? Now don't just read it like, eh. How long? And he says that twice. How long? Here he says, is the wicked, shall they continue? Will they look like they have victory, basically? 
But he says this, but what he is doing, he is showing us in a very intense manner. He is showing us how he felt and how we feel. Is this ever going to end? Have you ever, something happens, you get that under control, something else happens, you get that under control, and something, is this ever going to end? Now, first of all, do not let it destroy you. Do not let it hinder where you are in God. Don't you ever let circumstances pull you away from God. You allow circumstances to draw you closer to God. How long, God, is this ever going to end? The way he is describing this, it's an attack by people, wicked people that are trying to bring the Israelites down. And they're, let me just say this, and, and whatever, all this mess going on, and everybody saying that what happened in Israel and those people dying and killing, being killed and the babies being murdered and everything. And our country and our world's applauding the destruction. This is what was going on with Israel from this time. Don't you ever. The situation going over there comes from the lineage of Abraham and Ishmael. That's where the problem comes. They hate Isaac and his lineage. They hate that side of it. And so here we are. Yes, yes, it's people. And yes, it's talking about the wickedness. But you know what? This is also the things that we find ourselves going through. I don't want anybody to acknowledge it, but I wonder how many people's in this building right this moment that you may even have it on your mind if anybody knew what I was faced with. Well, let me tell you, you don't have to look very many people away from you if you only knew what they were facing. This is dealing with people and dealing with things. Now, I'm going to move down. I don't even know if I gave you verse 6 or not. All right, then find it. <laughs> That's all right. Verse 6 He's talking about how this is going on. In verse 6, he said, they, have, they slay or they kill the widow. And the strangers, the foreigners. And murder the fatherless or the orphans. Now I want you to take a note of this if you would. What he's saying, how horrible they are. He's not saying they've destroyed the temple, they've taken the ark. He's not saying those things. What is he dealing with? They're killing the widows, the foreigners, the strangers that come in, and the orphans. Now, why is this so valuable? These three groups of people were the people who God sincerely cares about. You can look, there are numbers of scriptures. I started to read them and I thought, why? But there's numbers of scriptures of taking care of the widows. Numbers. The strangers or the foreigners, why is that? Because you were strangers in another land. 
And by doing, you take care of them the way you wanted to be taken care of. That's us. And the orphans, the fatherless, we've got to take care of the children. Well, that, that's not my responsibility. I beg to differ with you. If you're going to walk with God, it's your responsibility. I'm going to throw this at you. I'm going to say something. It is very obvious that God has sent us people with all sorts of needs and backgrounds and situations. There are people that God has allowed to come to us because, not because we're so good, but because God is so good. And there's needs. I can go home to my, my home. I can go home and, again, sit in my chair if Indy's not there. I can take care of my stuff and just say, let the rest of the world, just let them just go jump in a lake. But that's not what God says. That's not. And God has allowed it, us and is preparing us for something that I think phenomenal is getting ready to happen. And this felt, this is where I went when this all first started working on me. We, you, me, we better be careful if we do anything to harm those who God cares about. I had a friend of mine several, many years ago, pastored a church. He left because of a situation. He started reaching out into the community and brought people in. They had new people. They had just whatever. And he told me right before he left, he said, I can't stay. I said, what? He said, the church, the people of the church, started to complain about the new people coming. They're dirty in our Sunday school rooms. We got too many in our Sunday school rooms. He said they're talking, they're complaining. They're sitting in my seat where I sit at church. And we don't like it. And he started listing some things that made me sick and nauseated me that they'd even think of. And so this guy did probably the thing that he should have done. He said, I'm out of here. I'm telling you, I am telling you, I don't want to be the one who is recorded in the Word of God now as killing widows, killing strangers, foreigners, killing orphans, there's people that need us today, and, and, and it, we've done this, but tonight they were, they were in the process of, of fixing food, and they got a call. There may be 50 tonight. How many showed up? you have any idea? <laughs> they, had, they had 50 hot dogs. Huh? Three or more van loads of kids came tonight. Well, what good is that? I'm going to tell you what's that good. 
They're going to hear something that they wouldn't hear otherwise. Well, what's going to happen? That's between them and God. But I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to applaud the widows, the strangers. I'm going to applaud the the orphans. And I'm going to say to God, be the glory. Let's reach out. And if we get one of them, to God be the glory. To God be the glory. I am going to say this. He's not here, but Brother Paul has brought a burden for these in our community. And I 100%, I stand with him in what we are doing, and I get excited. I, I, watch, I watch the van come up, and I'm wondering. I, I watched her come up because the kids come running out, and I looked, and I saw it drive off, and I just smiled. There she goes. I didn't know you did it more than once, but let me tell you something. God will bless those that bless the ones he's talking about. Amen. And this is who we are and what we are, and this is what's going on. Now, now verse 7, verse 7, he said, yet they say. Don't you just love the they? Just people have come up, you know, they're they're saying, who are they? Give me a name. Who are they? Well, well, you know what I mean. Yeah, I do know what you mean. That's what I'm saying. They say, the Lord shall not see. Neither shall the God of Jacob regard. So here's what he's saying. They're saying, okay, number one, the Lord doesn't see what I'm doing. This got me. I'm gonna tell, I don't mind telling you. I've had to go back and I wanted to put it off on my wife, but I had to take it myself first. She's getting it later. But uh, they say, the Lord doesn't see it. What are you talking about? I'm talking about what I'm not doing in church, what I'm doing every place else. What I'm thinking I can get by with. They say, according to this, he's not paying attention to it. Sean, with, with some of this CR stuff, when it feels like there's nothing going on, should there not be one person here, you're still doing CR. And you're not doing it for this. We're doing it for him. That's what we're doing this for. That's why we do the things that we do and we, we go the way that we go. That, that, what they were saying, according to what he said, they, he's saying, they're saying, I can do what I want because he doesn't see me. How brilliant do you have to be when you're talking about God to think that God does not know? I looked through a litany of scriptures today, just verse after verse after verse after verse of the Lord knowing what they're thinking. The Lord knows what's in the heart. I don't have to say one thing. God knows. 
God, God sees a world. They're saying, now what are you talking about? I'm saying that they're saying the people that are killing these people that God cares about, they're saying God doesn't see me. Point Gehazi, the servant of Naaman, when, or excuse me, the servant of Elisha, when Naaman came and, and Elisha said, no, we won't receive any payment for your healing. Gehazi said, why should this Syrian get off so free? I'll go after him. I'll lie to him. And I'll get something for it. He comes back, and the prophet said, where were you, Gehazi? Gehazi just simply said, I didn't go anywhere. Really? The prophet said, I went with you in spirit when the man turned around in his chariot to speak to you. I was there. This led me to thinking about me. I know God sees. I know God hears. And I know He cares. I still, I, I love, I love when I spend time with God by myself. Because I don't worry about anybody listening to what I'm saying. I I've said some, meant some really neat things by myself, you know. And me and God, I think he liked, no, that's not. But God, I know you see me. God, you hear me. And God, you care what we're doing. Sometimes you get up, you know, you, you don't, and, and it's, I'm not, whatever. Sometimes you get up and just didn't have time to do what I normally do to, trying to get along with God. God knows that. Take the time you're driving and talk to God. Well, it's not the same. It's better than nothing. I'm talking to God. I've had to pull off on the side of the road a few times. Me and God got to talking so much. And he decided to ride with me. I thought, all right, either you're driving or I'm pulling over. And, uh, but it's just, but there have been times, even though I know that he sees, he hears, he cares, there have been times in my life, and this is what God started working on me, when my actions towards him was, I hate, you don't know how hard it is for me to admit this, it was, he doesn't see. He doesn't see. God, do you know, do you know what I'm going through, God? We've got families in this church do you know what they're going through? God, do you see their pain, their hurt? I'm just saying, okay, it depends how you want to look at it. I'm saying that these situations that can come against us, these same situations can be the thing that's trying to say, God doesn't care about you. God, 
we, we might get it whipped and then something else happens. We think we're on the go and everything's going to be good and then something else falls apart. God, and I've, I've done it. Do you know what I'm going through? And this is where I'm getting ready to majorly probably or more take it out of context. But I do believe that this is applicable to what I should take out of this psalm. If he is saying the things that he's saying about those who do not walk with God, they don't know God. And if he's declaring how wrong they are, just try it on for a moment. See what you think. How much more does this come against you and me who do know what's right in God? And I fail, God. I know him. If I have the actions of one who is declaring he doesn't see or he doesn't hear. If that's my action, well, what are you talking about? I'm talking about I can do it and not ever be worried about it, not be concerned about it, don't care about it, never repent over it. There is strength in what the psalmist says here. Now, I'm going to read a verse, and then I'm going to move into another translation. I'm still reading out of the Bible. Sometimes the King James was written by British, the these and thous, Jesus did not thee and thou anything. He didn't standest. That was, that was the English and whatever's going on. But I'm going to read it out of another translation. And when I read this out of this translation, this is what hit me upside the head. So I'm going to read verse 8 out of the King James. Understand, ye brutish. I like that word. Not real sure what it means, but I like it. Understand ye brutish among the people, and ye fools, when will ye be wise? All right. Now, y'all don't get mad at me because it's out of the Bible, okay? This is another translation. Pay attention, you stupid people. Oh my, sometimes what good preaching. When will you become wise, you fools? I read that over and over and over and over. And then I went into, I'm not going to read it, I went into Galatians, and sure enough it was there when he said, have you become wise? You know, he's talking about fools. In Galatians, you've left, he said, you stupid people. So even Paul's talking that way. The apostle knew. But in verse 9, he said, God created ears. I read some, some writers, it was talking, if you read that in depth, it's talking in the way that it's descri the description of it. He put the holes, and one writer said, he put your ears right where they needed to be. He said, this writer said, close to the brain. 
glad he doesn't have one right here. What'd you say? You know, what? He created ears. Don't you think that he can hear? Now, in other words, he, cre- he gave you ears, and you're going to say that God can't hear? And then he goes on, and he says, uh, he teaches people. Excuse me. He formed eyes. Do you think he can't see? Is God going to give you something that he himself doesn't have? We're talking about when we talk to God. We're talking about what we see and all of this stuff. He disciplines nations. Do you think he can't punish? Do you think I can get by and just do whatever? Don't you know if he disciplines nations, he disciplines his church? He teaches people. Do you think he doesn't know anything? Now, here's where I'm coming from. This didn't mean a whole lot to me. I mean, it meant I had it. A week ago, Monday morning, I was sitting in my chair. It was early in the morning. I got a call from Brother Murray Ray. And normally our calls start, we're cutting up. There was no cut up to it. It was something, and you could tell it in the voice. And then I realized I was on speakerphone. I could hear Sister Ray over there. She was crying. And I just asked, I said, is everything all right? He said, well, not really. He said, I just came from the doctor. He said, I had some tests run. And he said, the doctor who has done this thousands of times took us in the office and he said, I don't want to alarm you. Said the tests aren't back, but I know what I saw. You have a very large tumor. And I know, again, what I saw. It will be cancerous. And then he started. He said, now, I don't want to just alarm. Well, if you don't want to alarm, don't tell me those things. And he, sa- he began to describe what he's going to have to go through, what type of surgery and everything. And he said, I'm, he called me, and then he called Brother Rich. He said, I'm not going to let my family know until we get the report back. And so we were all, and I, that's, I went up to BB to work on their church to help them do some work, and the rays had to come through, and so we met them. And they were, when they met, when we met, there were tears all the way around. And he just knew. But then Friday, and I kept thinking about this scripture. I kept thinking about it. But then Friday, I get a phone call. 
I told him, I said, he was expecting to get a week out before he'd get any report from the pathologist. I get a phone call. He said, the pathologist just called. And he said, there's absolutely no sign of cancer whatsoever. Now, I don't, per you do, you think whatever you want to think. I don't think a doctor that is, this is his field. This is what he does. I don't think he looks at something and goes on and expresses it. If anything, they'd want to downplay it. He was trying to prepare them because he's on his way to MD Anderson. And it's, there's no cancer. I spoke with Brother Ray just before the service, and he said, I don't even think about it until they're going to remove the, the tumor, but it, they said it's, there's no cancer. Okay, so that's good. But then I talked with my niece, Annette, and you know what all she's gone through. There's a young lady in their church, Shauna Blackburn, Center, early 40s, beautiful lady, beautiful lady. They found out a while back that she had stage four cancer. They didn't give her a chance to live. Well, things started working, and she was doing better and doing better and doing better. Then a tumor came up on her, and it was growing rapidly. The doctors were alarmed. She was alarmed. Everybody was alarmed. Very bad. Brother Philip Jordan called her and the ministerial staff together Sunday. She, go, she was going in Monday for her test, and they prayed over her. They got a call that afternoon. The very obvious tumor that was large had begun to shrink. And what the doctors had seen a few days earlier, she went back, and the doctor said, hey, this thing's taking care of itself. We're not going to have to do... Now, what I'm saying is, am I stupid? And I'm sorry for that word, but that's, that gets the point across. Do I not realize God has ears? And God has eyes. And what you're going through, what I'm going through, what any of us are going through, don't I realize He hears it? He sees it? Why am I thinking that I'm going through what no one else... No, no, no. God has it. God has it. He's going to take care of us. And I have been so encouraged over a passage that meant absolutely nothing to me. Nothing. Until I started applying it to where I am. God, thank you for having eyes and ears. Thank you, God. Okay, carry it on. He gave us feelings. Thank you for being able to feel our hurts. We're supposed to have compassion. One of the greatest statements made in the Word is when it talks about, and He had compassion towards them. 
compassion's the only reason some of us hadn't been knocked off planet Earth a long time ago. Because God cares. God cares. Let's stand together, please. I don't know. I just feel like I feel like somebody needs to know when you get to saying, God, where are you? I could go through and mention at least a half dozen situations right now that are critical, serious, devastating. And I could tell you, I could say, well, hear this, hold on. But I'm just telling you, this is who God is. Amen. Why don't you, instead of asking him to meet your, whatever it is you're going through, why don't you, let's do this in closing. Lift a hand and thank him because he has ears and he has eyes and he's going to take care of us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.